Previously on Quest Friends. So Numenera is a game that takes place one billion years in the future. Uh, and humans are still around, luckily enough. I will be playing Hopperscotch, who is sometimes, because of the way he skips from town to town so quickly, known as Hopscotch. I am playing an android character named Misha. They have existed longer than they can remember. I am playing Shock. He has been raised among machines all his life and has only recently, uh, within the last year, decided to go out into the world. Ellie is a very small old lady. She has a folding chair. It's reinforced by the same material that she actually has in her bones. And her big character identifier visibly is she's got a ginormous hat with a bunch of junk on it, including three lit Everyone is here because the town has been posting a call for anyone daring, desperate, or deluded enough to adventure for hire. We just need you to uh, go over to Obsidian Bay, it's about a day's hike east, figure out what, what happened to Bill, and uh, you can actually get his share of the cut. A cut of what? You get up bright and early from your hotel room, your cage, just standing in the middle of the street. You know, however you chose to sleep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the rat is tucked nice and neatly and very elegantly back in Ellie's giant hat. And uh, Jacques, you can see, still has a, a couple of stains on his face from what looks like a, a about half-eating calzone. Uh, they're, th these things are huge. So, well, it's, they're called calzones, but they're actually calzones, Emily. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but what's basically, it what looks like a calzone, except it's just stuffed with a million different types of meat, because that's the kind of town we're in. Um, so mostly eaten. I would say, Shock, if you want to have eaten all of it, you could have, but you probably didn't make it all the way through. Uh, so you get a Shock ate early. all of it. I, I, I assure you that he did. Okay, so Jacques ate it all because he is apparently an inhuman monster. So you all, uh, you all wake up and you head out, uh, and the walk is, uh, as I said, it's about a day. So let's say you get up at like 6 a.m. It's about a 12-hour walk. So it's it's mid mid late evening when you make it to Obsidian Bay. And let me get to the part uh, where I just. Can I? Yes. Can I make some uh, uh, small talk with with uh? Hubbard? Yeah, what do you talk about on your way to Obsidian Bay? It's it's a 12-hour walk. I can say we got a couple of conversations in there. So uh, one of the things that Michelle has wanted to ask Hubbard uh, is basically like, oh, uh, I, I believe you introduced yourself as Hopper Scotch, uh, but as I learned back in the bar, we humans tend to, uh, they tend to learn better uh, names better if they're talking about with a, with a nickname. So... Would you prefer to be called Hopscotch? No. <laughs> like, oh, but um, I do believe uh, in my uh, investigations past uh, of, of the name Hopscotch, uh, it has been an ancient form of children's play. Are you quite experienced with those, uh, with those sort of games? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> you, you, uh, I, I would love to learn that at some point. To learn, to learn hopscotch. Yes, uh, and I think it is a natural tradition that all human children 
learn in their lives. So it, it, in order to learn more about humans, I need to learn about the game. And what better than to learn it from an expert that is named <laughs> after the game? Yeah, I, I didn't intend to name myself after the game. So my name is, is, is oh. Hopper. It's Hopper. Out of character for a second. That is true, and that is knowledge that someone could glean from the data sphere. The hopscotch was a children's game, but that is in no way what this universe's hopscotch is. This hopscotch's is hardcore as fuck. Is it different? Oh, that's amazing. It's. I told you it was different, Hallie. I forgot. I forgot like what it was. <laughs> oh, I haven't told you what it is yet. Just no. <laughs> just no hopscotch is different, and it's metal as fuck now. Okay. Ellie's gonna clear her throat and say, <clears throat> "You." You know that children don't play hopscotch. That's that's not for children. Oh well, they used to. See, I'm I I I know a little bit of history, and it used to be a different thing than what it is now. I know what it is now, and I've played it. It's not. Can I data sphere look for hopscotch? Uh, yeah, ask, what are you Googling in the data sphere? What is hopscotch? Um, yeah, you get a bunch of results. Very, very faintly, you hear something about an accountant um, who had some, like, <laughs> terrible, terrible incident in the uh, in the icy desert to the south. Um, do I do I recognize that accountant as Hopper? No, you don't. You don't really know what, what that accountant is. You just know that there's some sort of ice town in the ice desert to the south, and it was just a catastrophe of his. <laughs> Um, okay. you, uh, you also, you also get a little bit, there's a game that's, like, about, like, jumping with rocks or something. Uh, there's, you see these artifacts, these small rocks. But, uh, there's, there's this very big article about this game called Hopscotch. And it relies on a lot of human conditions, so you don't know an awful lot about it. And that's my way of a GM of saying, don't worry, it'll come up later, I just haven't made the rules yet. Uh, but two words <laughs> pop out to you when you see hopscotch. And those words are death poker. Oh, fun. Um, so all you know is that it's some sort of gambling game, and there are very, very lethal ramifications. Oh. Okay. So I'm going to... Uh, so Misha, after, after doing that research, is going to be like, Oh, okay, so... Um, I believe then I, I would like to learn both about the rocks uh, with children game. Hopefully they, oh no, actually no, Hop's going to, uh, Misha's going to be like, uh, yes, I would definitely would like to learn about the killer poker game that tosses rocks as kids. <laughs> I, I don't understand how this is, uh, <laughs> I don't understand how this is a children's game, but I would definitely would like to learn it from the expert, such as yourself. Um, Hopper is a little bit taken aback, and he what 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 hopscotch did you look up? <laughs> I well, I, I I just looked up what hopscotch was, and it it seemed to be associated with poker and death and kids and rugs. I assume it is the same variation of the same game. Don't forget, uh, don't forget ice, don't forget ice and accountants. Yes, no, and, and, and no. And then Misha's going to be like, uh, and it seems to have been potentially created by a very scary accountant in the ice uh, regions of a desert. Uh, my apologies, my access to the data sphere is still a little... Uh, 
it's still not quite as um, pristine as I would like it to be. There seems to be have been some uh, error on my uh, software recently. A brief flash of fear crosses Hopper's face. <laughs> and then he kind of composes himself and says, mm, so tell me about this data sphere. Sounds cool. Oh, is it mind if uh, we, we jump forward a little bit? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah that can yeah. serve at the end of the conversation. Hop is yeah. clearly deflecting. <laughs> um, so as we continue, uh, I want to let you know that Sue did give you a couple of ciphers at the beginning of the morning. And now it's time for another ciphers. education time with Kyle. So uh, one, one of the things about Numenera is that a lot of the tech in the ninth world, which is where this takes place, is just kind of leftovers from previous civilizations. And some things are pretty obvious to use. Like, uh, there aren't, we don't have guns now, but there are things that look like guns and shoot like guns, and those are artifacts. And essentially, if a character picks that up, they can use it as much as they want. Uh, they just have to roll a dice every time after, and if they hit a usually pretty small number, it just breaks, because it's old. So, like, if I found an ancient VW Beetle, um, you know, I would know how to use it, but it might break. That being said, there are other things known as ciphers. Now, these are artifacts that we don't really know what their purpose was, and they clearly weren't, weren't meant for humans. But the players are going to find these things, and sometimes I'll tell them what they do, and sometimes they'll have to figure it out. And they just kind of make it up. And because they're making it up and kind of brute-forcing use out of these items they break after the first turn. So ciphers are basically one-use items that break immediately after players use it. So, Sue gave you four of these ciphers, and while I said earlier, usually you'll get to decide, these ones she flat-out told you what you use them for. Um, so, the first one is called the Density Nodule. The Density Nodule. Each time a weapon with a nodule hits a solid creature, it increases in weight, causing two more points of damage. So you'll essentially stick this to the end of your weapon, and uh, for one day's worth of time, when you hit people, your weapon will do two more damage. Does, is anyone interested in taking that one? I'd like to hear the other ones first. Yeah. There's uh, there's the adhesion clamps, which are gloves that allow for automatic climbing of any surface, and they last for 20 minutes. Uh, there's the machine control implant, which you affix to a Numenera device and control it at long range. That lasts for 10 minutes. Uh, and for some devices that are more complex, that might require a roll. If you fail the roll, don't worry, it won't break, it just won't work. And then we have Magnetic Master. These are gloves that establish a connection with a metal object that a human could hold in one hand. The user can move or manipulate this object anywhere within short range. And this lasts for 10 minutes. So an example that somebody uses is attaching it to uh, the helmet of an enemy, and then just waving that helmet around <laughs> to mess with them. So we have our density nodule, our adhesion clamps, our machine control implant, and our magnetic master. Who wants what? I would like the magnetic yes. master. Okay. Mm. Shock's got the magnetic master. Do you have to be touching something for the magnetic to work? For the magnetic? Yeah. Uh, no, it just establishes a connection. Cool. Yeah. Mm. And I like the adhesion, adhesion clamp. Okay, so Misha's going to take the adhesion clamp and can basically for 10 minutes Spider-Man wherever the fuck they want. <laughs> All right, and the last two things we got are the density nodule and the machine control implant. Uh, Re-explain machine control implant? Essentially, you can give it, attach it to a Numenera device, attach it to some sort of tech, and you can control it at long range. Okay, so it's like you would put a thing on the tech and then run away and then still be able to control that tech yeah. from like 10 feet away? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I would like that one, I think, unless so, Emily has any objections. Because I would also be very happy with the density one. I'll oh. take the density. 
And then, okay. and then long range. Uh, long range. Uh, immediate is 10 feet. Short in our game is going to be 30 feet. And then long, I'm just going to say is like, it's like a mile. I know that's longer than they say, but I'm going to say long range is a mile. Okay. Because we're badasses in this game. I've noted. Alright, uh, and then cool. in that case, uh, I'm going to give the last one to uh, Ellie. Ellie, you're going to get the density nodule. Essentially, whenever you want, you can attach this to a weapon of your choice. And uh, for the next 28 hours, which is the length of the day in the ninth world, your that weapon causes two m- more points of damage. Alright, so we ready to see what a Obsidian Bay looks like? Sure am. Yes, sir. Yeah. After a day's walk and long conversation, and uh, I'm sure a little bit of a hop looking to the date, trying to research the data sphere so we can figure out how to erase something from the cloud. Yep. Um, <laughs> you make it to Obsidian Bay. And so Obsidian Bay, as we know, is right next to the Black Riage, which is this giant mountain range that basically separates the Steadfast, which is civilization, from the Beyond, which is not civilization, in short. Um, and what you kind of see is you see this big, uh, you see yourselves beneath a giant cliffside outcropping. And from this cliffside outcropping, you can kind of see there's there's the normal rock, and then there's this kind of smooth, uh, almost like stone Kind of like this very smooth ceramic stone that you would kind of see classic castles made out of. Uh, And then cropping out from the mountains, you see three long, thick poles that jut out from the rock. And connected to each of them is is a cylindrical tower that's about 15 feet high. And these kind of move in a semicircle. Uh, Kind of like if you were a really big giant, you could just use them as stairs to get up to the top of that cliffside. Uh, and connected to each one are essentially ski lifts. So uh, I'm assuming you're going to ride the ski lifts up? Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, so you, you get inside each of the ski lifts, and they look basically the same. They're like, they're nice little boxes that are about, they're pretty small. They're like five feet by five feet. They've got glass on all four sides. So you can look out at the beautiful landscapes, which in the area you are is basically dirt, dirt, more dirt and occasional dino camel running. Um, (laughs) Is it making a dino noise? uh, Of course. Yeah, Yeah, that's what a neen sound like. There's neen, neen, I'm in a neen, neen. It's like a Waluigi dinosaur noise. (laughs) And then tiny ones are neen, I'm in a neen, neen, Uh, That's the neen, that's that's what they sound like now. Uh, They're like Pokemon, but worse. So you make it up the first ski lift, get to the tower, the second one, the third one, and the fourth one is taking you slowly up to the top of the cliff, but right before you reach the top, it just stops in the middle of the air. Uh... It just, like, shudders to a break, and you find it yourselves motionless, suspended in air. I have got this, everyone. No need to panic. Uh... And I would like to reactivate the machine by tinkering with it. Alright, how does... Let me take a look at your character sheet. Oh, you just gotta reactivate the machine by tinkering with it? Uh, I'll use my distant activation if necessary, but uh, if possible, I'll try to start it up manually. What what do I see when I examine the, uh, the probable control panel? When you examine it, 
you kind of see, uh, you see that these things are just really horribly made. Uh, upon closer inspection, you see um, Dax tape, which is the ninth world equivalent of duct tape. Uh, that's how I'm going to name things. I'm just going to change literally one vowel. Uh, so you see that this thing is kind of, it, it's like uh, motors uh, that are just DAC taped together to just glass. Um, so it's really, really crude and it's very easy to get yourself in there. And you think if uh, it would be pretty easy to to fix it. So, uh, But you got to roll a, a d20 in order to fix it. Perfect. All right, then. Yeah, no, this is our first roll of the game, isn't it? No, I rolled Perception. All right, second roll of the game. Second roll. A long last, a dice. Uh, Part of the dice. And you said it looked it looked very easy to fix, correct? Yeah, it looks, it w- it's going to be easy to fix, yeah. Okay, in that case, I won't bother spending any effort. Go dice roll. Oh, Let's and that is a 16. One. That is a oh, 16. Man. You get that thing whirring back up again, and it just slowly and gracefully moves to the top. Uh, before I continue, I want to explain what effort is, because that's important to explain. So essentially, instead of one health bar in Numenera, you have three. You have one for your might, which is everything involving strength, one for your speed, which is like dexterity and dodging things, and one for your intellect, which is brain stuff, which is just which is what Shock just did. Uh, there are two ways to lose health. One is getting d- damaged. So like, if I punch, if I punch somebody. That's going to remove some of their might health. <laughs> Another way to remove it is applying effort. Effort essentially means uh, that whatever that limit you have to reach is easier. So if I apply one level of effort, uh, something that would require a 15 requires a 12. Uh, but in order to apply effort, you just got to pull out from that pool. Uh, so if Jacques did this because it required his brain, he would have had the pull from his intellect. But he didn't use effort, and he did it anyway. And as, as I finish... I, I just turn around to the group, and he slowly spreads his hands out like this, as though he were SpongeBob, uh, and says, "Magic." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the thing slowly, slowly moves itself to the top, and as it moves up, almost directly, like a foot away, you see this man in a giant cowboy outfit with like giant belt buckles, just staring at you. And as the doors open, he turns to you and says, Howdy, neighbor! How can I help you today? Uh, howdy, Hop says, and again extends his hand for a handshake. <laughs> All right, Jacques, uh, not Jacques, Hop, I'm going to do a GM intrusion. No, okay. So what a GM intrusion is, is a GM intrusion is basically my opportunity to mess things up for the players. But in reward, they get an experience point, and they get to give an experience point for somebody else. Experience is basically what characters get to do one of two things. Level themselves up to make themselves stronger, or, if they're lame, do something like re-roll a dice roll that didn't work well. So, uh, Hop, you're going to get one experience, and you're going to give it to, uh, uh, you're going to give one to somebody else. So who are you going to give the other one to? I'm going to give it to Shock, because he just fixed the thing. (laughs) Alright, so each of you have one experience. All right, so Hop, as you go reach your hand out to this mysterious cowboy man, you see the you see beneath you the lines kind of spark a little bit, and you see what looks like white glass shard shoot up towards your arm out of nowhere. And I need you to roll a speed defense. Fifteen. Fifteen. It goes up, but you quickly pull your hand back, uh, and it falls back down. 
That was weird. Well, sorry there, partner. Uh, I, you gotta watch yourself. Sometimes the flexiglass just, it just has a mind of its own. Usually, though, it's why, very safe if you just walk on over. Uh, it, it should be perfectly fine. Flexiglass? Because he doesn't understand what just happened. Yeah, flexiglass. It's a glass-like barrier that just protects everything. Usually it's pretty invisible. But, uh, you know, if something presses up against it, it just kind of all compresses at that spot. Uh, it's a pretty complex thing, I'll admit. I don't know much about it myself. Uh, we, most of our thinking, you know, goes to Marshall. But, uh, but uh, it, it, it's just a nice little, nice little protective thing, so, you know, nobody falls off. Shouldn't you know how this works and, you know, how um, to not make it possibly murder people? Well, no, yeah, I, I'm told with her. You, I told you it rarely does that and we have Marshall to take care of everything. Oh, I come don't on, see come Marshall. On. Come join, uh, c- come on into Obsidian Bay. Let me show you around. Shock wants to just tentatively probe the ground ahead of, like, where the the door would be with his staff. All right, give me a roll. Poking it for traps. What sort of roll would this be? Just a d20. By, I mean, might speed intellect. Uh, I'm going to say intellect. Okay. I changed my mind. I'm not going to use that for you. Oh, a natural 20! Oh! A natural 20. You poke around, and surprisingly, you don't actually look like an idiot, just, like, pressing the ground. But, you know, that was a fluke. It's not going to happen again. Uh, whatever right. this thing is, is deactivated, uh, and somehow it got a spark of energy. Um, yeah, somehow it got a spark of energy. Well, with my natural 20 very well spent, obviously, Shock is going to tentatively step out of the out of the cart and onto the ledge. That's the feeling, neighbor. We don't live together. I am not your neighbor. <laughs> Thank you, neighbor. Uh, he's going to be like, uh, excuse me, sir, but... Uh, I, I, I keep hearing you mentioning the name of a Marshall individual. Who is this Marshall? Oh, Marshall, he just he just runs the town. Uh, he's, he's a friendly guy. He's, he's very, very nice. Uh, but don't don't worry much about him. Marshall, Marshall isn't important. Here, I'm Gus. Uh, he re- extends oh. his hand to you. Uh, Misha's got us this thing in their hand and be like, Oh, well, uh, greetings. My name is uh, Machine Institute of Human Armor, or just rather very intelligent system, but you can abbreviate my nomenclature as Misha Jarvis. That is a beautiful name, Machine Institute of Human Armor, or just a rather very intelligent system. I will be sure to remember that. Oh, Misha. Oh, I, I am quite flattered that no one has really had really used the full pronunciation of my nomenclature before. Well, people just don't understand that kind of stuff. Take on a step in and take a look at Obsidian Bay. Uh, and he kind of motions toward, and, and you're going to see the rest of Obsidian Bay. So what you see is kind of uh, a flat, uh, it's kind of, uh, imagine like a cobblestone courtyard area. Uh, in the center of it, you see this, I have this all written down word for word. Why am I not doing this? All right, as you find your footing, you get a good look at Obsidian Bay. It seems to be built on an ancient structure made out of this ceramic castle-like stone, uh, which is what the towers you were climbing was made out of as well. About 100 feet in front of you are large, spiraling columns that protrude from the mountain, but sink further and further back into the dirt as they move out from the center. In the middle of these columns, there's a box-like shape about 20 feet high with a door. 
To the left and right of you are two trapezoidal buildings with large arches or rods that kind of jut diagonally into the rock. Although, uh, for the right trapezoid, that rod seems to be kind of broken a little bit. Uh, it, it's still there, it hasn't fallen to the ground, but like, uh, right where the trapezoid should be connecting with it, it all, it's all kind of broken and busted. Uh, there's also a cliffside dirt pathway right next to the columns, and then a central fountain overflowing with a dark, coarse fluid. Most, most notably, however, are the obsidian tiles of varying sizes littered just everywhere. You've got these black obsidian tiles connected, you know, on the walls, on the, on the floors, a little bit on the spirals. They're just littered everywhere, uh, which is probably where its name came from. There also seems to be a prominent amount of broken wood and wood shavings. Yep, this is Obsidian Bay. Beautiful, isn't it? As I said, my name is Gus. Uh, I run the shop around here, and he points to the uh, trapezoidal building on the right. Feel free to stop by any time if you need to purchase something. I do not possess any monetary uh, investment right now, but uh, when I do possess it, I will make sure to stop by your store, uh, kind human Gus. He looks very puzzled. Monetary investment? Oh, I, I do I believe, not understand uh, what you are saying. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, I believe you. Uh, the common term for that is money. Money? I do not understand what you're saying. Huh. Interesting. I, I believe that you owned a shop that accepted currency. Do you accept other things as payment? Payment? I do recognize that. Payment, uh, we take in form of information, things new and exciting, like, he points down to this weird, like, it's, it's like a kazoo, but has, like, this trumpet thing that's dangling from your side, like that! Marshall has never seen anything like that before, and we would love to have it. Uh, Misha's just going to, like, grab it, like, really possessively and be like, oh, uh, excuse me, but I, I did expend, spend all of my, uh, Currentary, uh, currency payment, or as you would call it, information on this magical set piece uh, that it appears to be very, very pleasing for human ears. So it is not, uh, it is something that I will not give as uh, currency for you, kind human gods. My dear apologies. Oh, that makes sense. Is there anything else you want to know? Uh, well, uh, I still am not entirely sure as to the, the relevance of your boss, Marshall, since you keep saying he is not quite important, but you keep saying that he is in charge, and I believe that this is sort of a contradictory statement. I apologize, I cannot say more about Marshall. Shock is going to cut in quickly uh, and telepathically say to Misha, I don't trust him. We should be very careful what we say to him. But why? He is acting like someone who wants something from us. And we know that another person went missing here. You have to be very careful around humans. They sometimes want to steal machines for themselves. Steal? Why would they want to s steal something? Not all humans are good. I potentially disagree with that statement. You might not have been human long enough to know that information. But I will... I will try to uh, I, will, I will listen to your advice he obviously is not as trustworthy as I thought as he wants my very precious kazoo 
instrument. As you're talking, <laughs> Gus is just staring at you, unblinking, and he says, is there anything else I can do for you? Uh, well, they're staring telepathically at each other. Uh, I, Hopper, is going to ask, so we're looking for someone named Bill. Bill Turing? Is that his last name, Turing? Yeah, Bill? I do not understand what you are saying. I'm looking for someone named Bill Turing. Bill Turing? I do not understand what you are saying. Like, you don't know the person, or you don't understand my question? I can answer any question you want the answer to. Except for do you know where Bill Turing is? Where's Marshall? I cannot say more about Marshall. Why not? Is there anything else you would like to know? Hopper's standing next to Ellie, so he's going to look over at Ellie and give her like a what is his deal type look. Well, if that's all you, if that is all you require, I will be on my way. Please visit my shop at any time. Have a good na- day, neighbor. With that, he turns heel and walks back into his shop. I don't live by you. Is he, is he anybody's, is he neighbor with any of us? I know no, it's not shop's neighbor. No, no, he's just using that as a, as a familiar term, you know, like, hey, buddy, it's kind of weird, but it, it's fine. He's a creeper, huh. and we need to be safe around here. We've got yeah. to find out what's going on before someone tries to jump us. It's getting dark out, yeah. so we need to be safe. If anyone else calls us neighbor, we know there's something wrong with the entire town, and we should just find the nearest powder keg. And take care of any obstacles, such as overly friendly townspeople. Well, let's make sure they are just overly friendly townspeople instead of horrifying monsters before we blow up the town. But yeah, no, I agree. We we should be alert. So, uh, of the next places you can go, I'm going to remind you of, uh, of the places. There were the two trapezoidal buildings, to which Gus went to the right one. Uh, you have, in front of you, you have the spiraling towers that seem to have a door entering inside of, like, a box in front of them. Uh, and then there is the, the pathway up the mountain. I would like to go to the other trapezoidal buildings. Okay. But I will go anywhere. You'll enter to the left, um, and you, uh... As you do, you see a little bit of a sign on the outside that's crudely kind of drawn on the wall, and it says Coltrane Bar. So there's the music for Coltrane Bar, and I'm going to go through my description as you come in. So you enter to the room on by the left, and you're, and you're overpowered with a rotting stench as you enter the room. So it's an open space the size of a classroom that's about seven foot wide, and it's about an open space the size of a classroom, and through the center is this seven-foot-wide, three-foot-deep grove that cuts horizontally through the middle. Um, a few feet away from the right wall, right wall is a waist-high counter that crosses the entire length of the room. Uh, against that wall, there's this round hatch with a ten-foot diameter that protrudes from the wall with one of those door handles you would find on submarines. Uh, kind of like, you know, in that bar in A Bug's Life, that tube that they fed through the, the grasshoppers? Yeah, that had, like, the grain in it? Yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. Uh, okay. Protruding from the wall. Neat. Uh, it, it's open a little bit, and you see this rotten meat juice slides down from the hatch and kind of has congealed on the floor. Um, there's a staircase on the left that moves up to a second story, and then a bartender stands brushing the counter with a haggard cloth, 
while two miners sit at one of the few tables with drinks, and they're playing cards against each other. <laughs> the, they are miners. They like miner miners. miners this this, this is a mining town. They are adult miners. We do not have minor <laughs> miners, Hallie. I know, I just thought it was like kids. And I was like, what are they doing here? Hop was going to flip the shit. <laughs> no, they are minor miners. No, they are not minor miners. They are adult miners. Okay, like with pickaxes. Okay. Yes. So Shock. Clear that up. When we get in, Shock will just turn to Hopper and say, What do we do now? Uh, oh, well, I guess uh, we just ask around for Bill Turing. Uh, the bartender is probably a good place to start. We should probably split up a little bit, though, because. If all of us go ask the same person for information, they might get defensive. So maybe... Split up and look for clues? Yeah, like that. Split up to look for clues. That way, we can be casual about it. I'll take care of the miners. I'm, uh, pretty good with a pickaxe myself. I... I can go ask the bartender for information. I can check upstairs. So who is it? It's just the miners and the bartender? Yeah. And then there's okay. upstairs, which Jacques looks like he's going to go to. Okay, well, I'll go with Jacques then to go upstairs. Okay, we're going to start with the bartender. No, we'll start with uh, the miners. Um, all right, so, Ellie, you walk down to these miners, and you see them playing cards. Uh, although every time, they f- uh, could, every time they finish, they seem to just be not reshuffling. They just seem to be yeah. playing the same hands over and over. Uh, so you already got an idea of how bright they are. <laughs> Uh, you see two of them. One has uh, a name tag that says Sal, uh, and he's he's the, the the smaller one. And then you see this bigger guy with like a bunch of like m- tough mining gear attached to him with a name tag spelled G E O F F, which you assume is Jeff. Uh, and they're just playing cards against each other, uh, and they have kind of full glasses of drinks to their side. Uh, and you see. The one with the name tag say Jeff say, Ah, Sal, you beat me again. I'll get you next time. You, uh, you know you haven't shuffled those, right? Oh, hello there, lady. That's the, that's Sal. Well, hello there, lady. Would you like to play one of our card games? You know, I, uh, I only play for money. And, uh, I've, I heard you don't have that here. Sal looks at you weird for a second. Money? I do not understand what you're saying. Under her breath, Ellie is just like, okay, let's go find the powder keg. <laughs> Look, we're looking for a guy. Do you know what a guy is? Oh, yeah, I know a guy. I'm a guy. I'm Sal. And this, and you see the one with the G-O-F-F, turned over to you. I'm gay off. That's nice. Would you like to play a game, lady? This is fine. You know what a guy is. Now. Yeah, I'm a guy. I'm Sal. And that's I'm gay off. Wanna play a game, lady? What? What's the dude's name again that we're looking for? Oh, I thought you were. I was like, they just said their names twice, Emily. Um, <laughs> no, you were looking for Bill Turing. Do you know who Bill Turing is? Hmm. They both look confused for a second. I'm like, 
together, they kind of turn over, and you see them say, uh, together, um, Bill Turing? I don't recognize recognize that name. She's going to lean down to place one hand on the table between them and look into both of their eyes. Are you sure about that? Remember, I am trained in intimidation. All right, roll me, roll me intimidation. <laughs> okay, that was an eight. They both look scared, especially Gayoth. He's like, "Well, I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't, I don't know this kind of stuff. We, we usually just ask Marshall." Where's Marshall? Uh, Marshall. Um, I can't talk about Marshall right now. You're gonna tell me about Marshall. I will count to three. Well, Mar- Marshall's everywhere, ma'am. Can you elaborate? Well, Marshall's everywhere. And he just kind of, like, points around the room. Uh, okay. Alright, let's, uh... Yeah, let's hop upstairs first, then. Alright, so you two hop upstairs, uh, and you see a little sign that says sleeping quarters. Upstairs, you see a dim hallway with one open door. It has this gap to the right of it. Inside, there is a ceramic-looking pod with a diameter of 7 feet and a length of 10 feet. Uh, And while everything seems to be made out of stone, if you press it, everything feels kind of squishy soft on the inside. Like, it feels... Feels like pretty comfortable, like you could bounce around all in there and, and you'd be fine. Or you could sleep in there and you'd be fine. And this is inside a cracked open door, you said? Uh yeah, there's there's kind of like an open door and you see one of the one of these pod uh one of these pods. Yeah, actually, and if you go down there's another open door and it's got another pod in there as well. Um are the rooms like is there anything else in the rooms? Um, you don't see anything in the ro- rooms except could you roll me a perception check, please? Uh, Hop got a one, so he's <laughs> just really interested All in right. the ceramic pot, I guess. Yeah, Hop, if you look inside to see things, <laughs> and all you see is the doorway as you accidentally slam your head against the top <laughs> of the door frame. Where did that come from? Does Jacques want to do any investigating? So Jacques moves up to the first such pod, pokes it a little bit. Would it be possible for me to sort of investigate it and try and learn something about its properties, uh, like with an ordinary intellectual? Yeah. I'd like to do that to start off then. That is only an eight. Hmm. Oh, boy. You press the sides, and you kind of get a little, you get zapped a little bit, kind of like static electricity. So you just shuffled your feet on the carpet a little bit too much, and you got you got a little you got a little shock. You got a little shock, shock. Uh. Hey. <laughs> we chose such good names for pups. In that case, shock will turn to Hop and say, "Don't worry, I can still fix this. Should the nano spirits accept me, I can learn all about these things." Uh, and he'll. <laughs> He'll uh, sit down on the floor and cross his legs and hold his fingers to his temple and commune with the data sphere. Uh, and I will burn my I will burn my one question my one question to the GM per day and get a general answer. All right, it's a little different from Misha because Misha they're googling. 
Yes. You're communing with the spirits. Uh, so you're basically communing with the data sphere. Sup, brah? How you doing? What, what, what question you got for me, brah? Uh... Sup, Shock? We don't, we don't got all day. What is the purpose of these pods? Well, let me take a look there. Mmm, mmm, these are fancy pods. Well, Shock, if you looked a little closer, you would see the nice squishy exterior around here. Meant to keep squishy people like you from bouncing all around when you're transportating. Because you see, Shock, uh, us data sphere, we don't gotta worry about hitting things, but, but, but little squishy people like you do. Uh, now I would say if you just pressed your hand there, and you can kind of see a little point down where you can shoot some electricity. Now if you just pressed uh, your little pole, your little pole right there, uh, that thing will probably turn on and like, uh, like, uh, press that with your pole for a second. Beep. You beep it and you see the thing whirr to life. And she's like, now just, now just step inside. I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Oh, well, okay, then we will explain it to you. But just this time, Shock, so essentially what would happen is it, it kind of suspends matter on the inside of it. So if you put organic matter on the inside, you'll just float in the center. Uh, so that way you won't hit any in the walls, you won't touch anything. So this isn't a data sphere question, but um, is, there, is there anyone inside it right now, now that I've opened it up? Is there someone inside it? Already, yeah. Are, are there people inside these pods already? There is not, but if you want, you can do a perception check to see if you see anything else. Oh, uh, yes. And I'm actually going to spend a level of effort this time. And roll a five! Oh, boy! <laughs> so, you luckily, you pressed it. You see these drops of alcohol drip off. Uh, and as you do, you see a broken bottle of whiskey that's like looks like it's been slammed against something uh, and you know shards used for fighting you see a broken bottle of whiskey just kind of float into the center of the pod which is curious because despite this place being the Coltrane bar you didn't see any alcohol when you came in Hopper I am very afraid that something terrible has happened to the people living in this town I may not know much about humans but I have seen none of the things that humans would usually do in a town such as this. God, their doors are sure harder than normal doors. Uh, Hop is still like rubbing his head where he hit it and then he goes over and he looks in the thing. Would Hopper see the thing? Uh, yeah, you would see, it's floating in the center now. All right, huh. That looks like someone, what is this? It, well, it seems to be some kind of stasis pod. It, it holds you safely, like something organic in the middle uh, and then can be transported around. Okay. I wondered if maybe they stuck people inside it, but there's nobody in there. Just broken glass and alcohol. We saw a second one of these in another room down the corridor, right? Yeah, you saw something down the corridor. Okay. Let's open that one um, up, too. Yeah, Hoppus going to say, well, I wonder if it's, like, the boxes they were showing us. It, does it send someone somewhere else, or is it just for transportation? I am not certain of that. So I want to go down and look at the other box. Okay. Uh, give me a perception roll. Five. Yeah, you see nothing in that box. You cool. see nothing. Jack. Uh, I mean, there's no harm in it. You've betrayed me, die, so I shall use a different one. Oh, oh natural one. Huh. <laughs> you go, uh... 
And as you walk to go see it, you bump into Hop, and both of you just fall against the wall. Oh. Oh. Hopper, thank goodness. I was so worried we were both going to fall into that thing when I tripped. <laughs> oh. I know, right? I am so sorry about this. Uh, I think it's time to move down to... Down to... Uh, Misha at the bartender. Oh, yes. If that's all right. Okay. Well, while all of these exciting adventures are going on upstairs, uh, Misha is approaching the bartender, uh, and they are um, they're asking the bartender, uh, "Well, salutations, unidentified bartender. Do you mind if I ask a couple of inquiries about this location?" Well, hello there, friend. Is there anything you would like to purchase today? Oh. Uh, no, not purchase, unfortunately. I do not have any sort of monetary currency uh, or information to give, but uh, I would like to ask uh, some questions. First, I would like to ask if you know anything about the whereabouts of Bill Turing? Is that his last name? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Bill Turing. Bill Turing? Well, I don't know anything about... You've been asking about Bill Turing a lot, haven't you? Is he your friend? Oh, I, I, I personally have not been asking about Bill Turing myself. And he is definitely not an acquaintance of mine that I can recall. Uh, perhaps he is. I cannot recall it if he is. But I have never asked you specifically this question before. Oh, thank goodness. Well... We don't know anything about... I don't know anything about... Bill Turing is unidentified. Well, it is not unidentified. He has a name, which for me, that is the, the proper form of identification of a person. Does you, do you just mean that his whereabouts are not known? I would not ask more about Bill Turing. If he is not a friend of yours, then it does not matter. Oh, uh, well, it is. it still does matter to me. Uh, however... If you do not want to answer me those questions, would you at least mind to tell me where the whereabouts of Mr. Marshall are? Mr. Marshall? Well, I can't say anything more about... You've been asking about Marshall a lot, haven't you? Again, I personally... Well, I personally have been asking about Marshall a lot. Yes, he is not my acquaintance, is that, if that's what you're asking. You have talked a lot about Marshall lately. Uh... You and everybody in this town. I've already told you who Marshall is. Marshall is everywhere. I do not understand this concept. <laughs> Marshall is everywhere. I, and he starts waving his hands around. I've already told you this. That is very well. Uh, I appreciate the information, uh, human. Uh, I will confer somewhere else. And then I, I want to go and look for... Uh, Hopper. Awesome. All right. Uh, so Emily just asked me if she can roll to see if she could hear that. A twelve. Let me look. Yeah. So as uh, as Coltrane, the barkeep, says, I've already told you and explains about Marshall. Uh, Ellie does overhear that. Okay. Ellie does she just... approach? Yes. She's. Okay. Eyeing him very suspiciously. Uh, M Misha. Misha? Yes? Yes. Yes. Do you know anything about the data sphere? You know about that, right? You, like, you... 
Well, I, I, I indeed have access to the data sphere on a daily basis. I can commute with it and get information. If you're connected, can you connect with other people? Because they're all saying the same thing. It is, it is, it is mostly, it is mostly a, a one-way communication with it at this point. Though I do believe that there might be something more hidden that I just haven't had the uh, capabilities to reach into yet. Because it's everywhere, right? Yes. Well, so is Marshall, apparently. Do you believe that Marshall is the data sphere? That doesn't make sense. He'd be in, in the data sphere, not not the data sphere. The data sphere is not named Marshall. Uh, Coltrane perps up. Speaking of inns, we've got a great one upstairs. Would you like to stay the night? Uh, I I think we should confer with the rest of our party. <clears throat> I think that's uh probably a good idea. Is there anything else you would like from me? Please no. <laughs> Have a great day. And then uh, Coltrane goes back to washing that exact same uh, part of the uh, of the bar that he had been washing earlier. Ellie's gonna lean over to Misha. Wait, Misha's really tall, right? Yes. <laughs> She's going to go on her tiptoes then, <laughs> and kind of grab his scarf and uh, pull him scarf. down. Their scarf. Yes, thank you. And pull them down closer um you saw that too right that's that that's weird that's that's creepy i yeah i i am not quite experienced with human beings but i do not i have not encountered any behavior like this before it's it looked more machine like yes let's let's go now let's go i don't like it here all right, so what's everyone doing? I mean, I figure at this point, Hopper and Shock will probably come back downstairs, meet up with everyone else. Can we, uh, I just I just imagine now, like, uh, like in the in the Legend of Korra, we're like, uh, we are going to go meet them, and they are going to go meet us, and then at the same time, we go like, this place is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy sales on late night, on, on late night in visits. Come on over here if you want to know anything more. Run. Um, uh, Misha is going to say, I am, I am not certain people here are human, and if they are, they are not behaving like one, as long as I, as my information about humans go. Question for the GM. Is there any kind of, like, a registry that people who stayed at the inn would log into, like, by Coltrane the barkeep? Um, yeah, I'd say there's one right next to there. Mm. Okay, Jacques, tell them about the weird cans we found. And then Hopper wants to go over to the bar and try to look at the sign-in sheet for the inn. Specifically for Bill Turing's name. As you go to look at it, you see uh, Coltrane just casually but very firmly puts his hand on on the book and says, Well, hello there, friend. Is there anything you'd like to purchase today? Uh, well, I was interested in a room, but the thing is that I don't know if your inn is any good or not if other people haven't stayed here. <laughs> well, I can assure you, it is the best. Uh, and you hear Sal and G- uh, Gayoff say at the same time, Yes, it is the best! Well, you are a little bit biased, since 
you work here. Uh, look, I just, I got a recommendation from a friend, but I want to make sure this is the inn that he stayed at. So can I just double check that his name is on this, shi- this sign-in sheet? Uh, give me a roll for persuasion. I'm trained in pleasant social interactions, but I don't think that's persuasion at all. Uh, eight. Eight? All right, he look, gives you a long, cold stare and says, Well, of course, but you gotta promise to stay the night, then. Uh, okay. All right, he opens it up. Will do. <laughs> uh, and you see the list. You see a bunch of names uh, you don't recognize, uh, but it, it flips over the most current page. So uh-huh. you see names. Some of them are like, you know, Sue Strongarm has stayed here a couple of nights, you know, okay. uh, about four months ago. In the past three months, though, you only see two names. Uh, one of them is Hansen. Hansen Henson. Um, Hansen Henson is at the top, and then in very elegant handwriting. And then beneath Hansen Henson, you do see Bill Turing. Okay. So is anyone, does it have like a logout date for Bill Turing? Uh, no, it doesn't seem to have login or logout dates. Just names? Okay. Just names. Just names and, uh, it does have, excuse me, it does have dates of when they came in. Which okay. is why you know those are the only two in the past months. Oh, okay. It's a video game in. There's only other two rooms. A lot of people can't stay here. Like, only, like, one person. No, it's a really there. small town. And remember, it's outside of the, like, most towns work for the queen. Obsidian Bay and Rhubarb are some of the few that don't work for the queen, so nobody wants to go there. Because they don't have, they don't have good shit. Uh, so then Hop is going to ask... Uh, is anyone currently staying here? He looks down at the list, and he slides a pen over to you. Well, you are, friend. Right. Hop says. And then he very reluctantly signs his name, but I want to sign Hopper Scotch in a way that doesn't look like his normal signature. Okay. So that people can't match it up with his handwriting ever. (laughs) So, like, the kind where you write, like, an H, and then you just scribble the rest of it so it's not even letters. Right. So that you can't be like, nah, that doesn't say Hopper. Yeah, Henry Seavers. I will remember that. Yeah, the, right. right. Uh, and then I'm gonna wander back to the party and be like, so I just bought a room. Uh, Bill Turing stayed here and I guess didn't leave. They probably got him in the pods. That is quite strange. I don't know how you'd get out once you're inside. Yes. I have an idea, though, if we want okay. to shake things up. It's, it's a little... It's a little uh, crazy, but but um, I'm pretty good at getting people to notice my antics. You mean like a distraction? Uh, I was gonna I was gonna maybe make them angry and see what they do. What is that gonna do for us? Maybe we'll figure out who this uh, who this Marshall fellow is. Misha wants to interject and be like, uh, I have a way of making people not angry after they are angered. <laughs> referring to his ability to erase memories. Oh. Just casually telling people, by the way, I may have erased your memories. I can do that. Hmm. By the way. Well, <laughs> But they do seem huh. to be controlled by some higher intelligence. That power may not work. That is, that is, that is true. I did think about that. Uh, hop motions to Ellie. You got any ideas? Got a very hard chair. So no. We can take care of this very, very easily. I don't think beating anyone up is gonna help us find Bill, though. But if we take care of the people in the building, we can search it. Without worrying about whether they're gonna come up behind us and shove Mm. us into something. I mean, 
Shock and I explored upstairs and no one bothered us. I'm gonna stop for a second. And as that happens, you see a man, very shakily, and he's like, he looks like he's really struggling on his feet, stumble through the door. And he just loudly proclaims to no one in particular, Hey everybody! My name's Bill! It looks like our party has gotten themselves into quite the pickle. Thanks so much for listening to episode 2 of Quest Friends, the one where things actually happen. Uh, I'm sorry this one took a little bit longer to come out. I made the mistake of thinking I could edit it all the night before, and then Premiere just wasn't working for me. I'm going to try really hard to hit the deadline next time. In fact, I'm going to start editing the new episode as soon as this one comes out. Our intro and outro music, the same as last week, are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. Those two songs, plus any additional outside sounds I used, can be found in the description below. As can our Twitter! If you wanna, you know, tweet at us. Or better yet, tweet about us. Because not many people watch yet, and that, I mean, that would just be cool. Also, it'd be nice to hear someone say, you know, hi. So I would encourage you to look down and give that description a look. I also wanted to let you know that we are now on iTunes for anyone who might have found us on Podbean, but not on iTunes. Although I suppose if you found us on iTunes, we're also on Podbean. That's basically everything I have to say. Again, thanks so much for listening, and our next episode will be out on Monday, October 23rd.